The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Moyer's Environmental Dialogues, Ocean River Shields of Achilles, with your host, Dr. Rob Moyer. Find out what others are doing and what you can do to create a greener and blue planet Earth. Now, here's Dr. Rob Moyer. Welcome. Today we're talking about sustainable thinking and what you can do, small actions that you can take that will add up to a greener planet and a healthier you. And with me is Mike Joshua. Uh, hello, Mike. Hi, Rob. How are you? Good. Mike is uh, the host of a radio show on FNX. What's the name of your program, Mike? Uh, well, it's a, uh, I'm on every day and on WFNX.com, uh, which is a rock radio station in Boston. And a part of my show, uh, I do a feature called Sustainable Thinking which, uh, as you said, um, just tries to get people to, you know, think a little bit more about, uh, about the planet. Um, you know, we're, we're a rock station, we're a music station, uh, form, uh, first and foremost, but because of who I am and, and the path that I've taken to become more of a green person, um, sustainable thinking is like my, my, my thing that I bring to my show to kind of wake people up to, uh, to, uh, to being better uh, for the earth and, uh, be more environmentally conscious. And full disclosure, we were so impressed by your site that uh, the Ocean Rivers Institute, uh, my organization, is a sponsor on Fridays. Uh, you are. You you sponsor my show uh, tomorrow from uh, from nine to noon. So that's great, and I thank you. So if you tune in at that time, Fridays. Uh, what you say, Friday? Uh, Friday, nine a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yeah. Uh, and it's WFNX.com. And so if you tune in on that day of the five days of the week, you'll see our Duck and Paddle logo, and um, you'll hear uh, Mike saying, you know, brought to you by Ocean River Institute. Well, it's a real pleasure to support you in this work because, you know, we're all interested in ways to, um, you know, do more sustainable thinking, which is the name of your program, I guess. Um, I understand you also are a writer. Uh, yes, um, I've been writing for uh, quite a while. If uh, in, in a in a perfect world, I would be writing uh, screenplays for Hollywood, but uh, there's a few other people that um, that have the same dream as well. It's kind of a tough racket to uh, to crack. But I've found that uh, writing and blogging um, is has been another great way for me to kind of share the things that I've been doing over the last, let's say, I don't know, eight eight to nine years that I've really kind of greened up uh, my life and uh, and my family and my home so I started to uh, to do some blogging um, for a website called truefoodmovement.com uh, that's primarily uh, food based uh, writing but a lot of uh, obviously you know diet and you know how we eat and what we eat 
uh, obviously ties in as well with uh, sustainability and eating local and eating better and that kind of stuff. So, um, so um, you know, dealing with that and you know, cooking for a family and and you know, trying to, to purchase things like I said uh, more locally, organically. Um, I found that writing about it uh, was was a great way to share it, and that's what I do uh, on the blog. And I understand you're calling us from Halifax, Mass. Uh, I am the, the sticks. Yeah. So out out in the ag area where you can grow more stuff. Uh, yeah, definitely. My uh, my wife and I lived uh, in downtown Boston, and then in Cambridge, and then we uh, had a house in Dorchester, which I, this is kind of moving a little further out from the city. And then once uh, she was pregnant with our our second child, we decided to kind of get out there and get back to uh, the, the sticks, is what I would call it. That's how I grew up. I grew up in a small town in in Connecticut. In you know growing up, it's kind of like I wanted to, I wanted to get out of that small town and and get into you know rock and roll and radio and get to the big city. And then after years of doing all that stuff and and working within that and and working and living in the city and and I love city life, but it just uh, once the kids came, I said, hey, you know, I think it's time to get back to a a piece of land and uh, and a garden and and move out to the sticks. And that's what we did. You know, your two kids are going to do it all over again. They're going to say, oh, i got to get out into the city after this. <laughs> Probably. That, that, that'll be my hard thing, to be like, oh, okay, I did it too. You can go. but uh, You'll go with them probably. No, you won't. Yeah. You've got your land there. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, I, raised, I did the same thing. I raised my kids out in the country and then moved back into Somerville and Cambridge oh, as soon great. as the youngest was finishing high school. And, and they liked that because then it was a launch pad for their friends to come into the city from and stuff. Right. Um, did, City mouse, country mouse, right? Exactly. Um, I, I'm really intrigued by your philosophy of sustainable thinking. Tell us a bit about that. Basically, I think when I first started going green and um, you know just realizing that there was so many things to do and the and the earth needed so much help and the environment was um, it's basically being you know destroyed in so many ways in so many places. I, re- I really got energized by it, like, hey, I'm going to, you know, get out there and and, and let people know, uh, you know, what I know and what I just read and what I just watched. And and, and if there's something I learned right away is that um, people don't necessarily want you to just, you know, run up to them and shake them <laughs> and say, hey, here's how we should be doing it. You know, come on with me and, you know, here's what I've learned. And it's kind of an acquired thing that, that people need. So what uh, the way I looked at it was, well, if you could just – kind of deal with how they think about things first and how they approach things, then they're a lot more um, open to maybe, you know, listening to you and, and starting small. You know, small steps need to lead to bigger ones. So uh, so that's when I started thinking, you know, really it's it's a frame of mind. It's, it's how you think about things. It's how you approach things, whether it's, uh, you know, small things like, um, you know, brewing your own coffee in the morning instead of buying you know the two dollar and fifty coffee at the drive-through, which also comes with that styrofoam or plastic um, container. And if you get your coffee like that, even five times a week, you know you're talking about a stack of two hundred and fifty plastic or styrofoam containers somewhere out there in the landfill. Hopefully, the plastic was recycled, but you, you know what I mean. It's it's out there somewhere. So if you can kind of just have people picture, you know, recycling or something like that, just how they just how they think about it, then that's kind of an inroad from there, and then they can, you know, hopefully as they go along, like I did, 
um, you know, broaden the way they look at it, and then they're ready for bigger steps once they get the smaller steps done. Mike, that's really uh, really refreshing because there's got to be a half a dozen books out there about 50 ways to save the planet, 50 things to do to reduce your carbon footprint. And, you know, those things are difficult to read, and they're just all kind of directions and stuff. And instead, you're empowering people to construct their own pathways, right, to sustainable mm-hmm. actions, I guess. Uh, yep, exactly. And just and I try to, you know, inject a little humor into it. I try to, uh, you know, inject a little self-deprecating, hey, if I can do this, you know, I worked in the rock and roll business, the nightclub business, not the most sustainable businesses for years. But, you know, if I can kind of get a grasp on it and, you know, get to where I've gotten to, I think, you know, anybody can, um, you know, can join in and get involved as well. And like you said, you, you, you do feel empowered, and that's how I felt. I felt the more I did, you know, the next step I took, the next step I took, I just felt better and better about it. And that's what we, you know, as human beings do quite a bit of. You know, we look for things that make us, you know, feel good and make us happy. And, uh, you know, me being able to do that, makes me happy me being able to share some of my ideas you know gets other people involved which makes me even happier and then it does you know the planet even more good and uh it just takes off from there yeah and you own the solutions because you feel like you have a hand in developing them and there's all this talk about and necessary talk about how we have to reduce our carbon footprint and yet at first it was like the way you reduce your carbon footprint is to go out and buy a prius you know, and it's like, well, I'm not going to buy a Prius, and so I would just turn off to that kind of, or people might turn off to that kind of talk. And, right. I, I, and then, I have a, I have a Prius. <laughs> that's okay, but and the I, point is that by create by sustainably thinking, people can realize that, hey, it's not the car you own, it's how much you drive it. And if I could just not drive it one day a week, or if I could uh, park a, a farther away from my work and, and walk part of the way. Um, that is contributing to reducing the carbon put- footprint. That's sustainable thinking instead Absolutely. of going after the big ticket items. Yeah, exactly. It's not like, oh, you have to go buy a car or you have to, you know, redo your home in solar, you know, next week. Or, yeah, these, you know, big ticket items, like you said, you know, if you can kind of bring it down and say, hey, no, let's, you know, start, you know, start slowly. Everything's not going to happen, you know, in a day, a week, a month. Uh, I even tell people, you know, look at your next year, and just think about some of the things that you can do in the next year. And I think once you say year to somebody, they go, oh, oh, to, you know, gee, a year. Oh, I, I can make changes. I, you know, I thought you wanted me to, you know, do yeah. something, you know, immediately. And you're like, well, you know, immediate's great, but, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's going to take a long time to fix these things. So, um, you know, rushing in, fine if you can, but if you need to take your time, as long as you're going in the right direction, that's great too. Well, my favorite expression is, same thing that we do every day, try to save the world, meaning that it's everyday activities. It isn't like climbing a mountain where you do it once and you've accomplished it and you can move on to save the universe now or something, you know. Right. That you, it, it's, a philosophy, it's sustainable thinking. That's what's so brilliant about your, your term, twisted phrase there is that we have to just, um, you know, adopt sustainable ways of thinking so that we just automatically think, you know, recycle, reuse, uh, you know, don't pollute and um, turn the thingy off when it's not being used, you know, whether it be the faucet or the uh, uh, yep. engine or something. Just it's, it's a way of thinking as opposed to knowing comprehensively all the things that, you know, deplete the environment or you build up the carbon footprint, you know. What a, right. Yeah, because yeah. it can be, uh, you know, there, 
there can be an awful lot, you know, weighing down on you once you, you know, as you know, once you kind of, you know, jump into it and, and you're working with it and you see the big picture, it can, it can be daunting and uh, you kind of have to pull back a little bit and, and realize, um, you know, I, I always say I, I might not be able to save the world, but I can save my world and I can maybe if I start, you know, saving, you know, the way I do things and, you know, helping the planet at my you know, home and with my car and at my job and with my garden and all that stuff. Well, then maybe from there, you know, the more people that add on and do the same things, then we can talk about, you know, really changing the world. So again, don't, don't feel like, you know, we yeah. have to, you know, save the world today. It's like, well, it's going to take a little while to get there, but let's get on the right track. You know, small steps lead to bigger ones and, uh, and it makes us uh, feel better. That's why I love your radio program on WFNX in the mornings because, you will step aside and say, you know, okay, look at this cup of plastic you're holding, you know. And so it's not into buying the car, it's during the coffee break. Yep. What was yeah. that thing you did? That was wonderful on the plastic um, cup. Yeah, exactly. Just, uh, just I talked a um, little bit about it. Literally just kind of looking at that coffee cup, um, you know, every morning or twice a day or three times a day. You know, some people drink an awful lot of coffee. And just, you know, say to yourself, very simple question. Do I want to have this up made into something else, or do I want it to go to a landfill forever? <laughs> now, obviously, we all know the answer. Any, you know, any seven-year-old kid will tell you the answer to that. But it's just a matter of going from that point to getting, you know, that cup in the recycling container. <laughs> and, and, and I said in my, you know, sustainable thinking uh, thoughts that week was, you know, hey, just start there. Start with yeah. a cup of coffee, you know, container, once a day, three times a day, whatever it is. And once you get in that habit, you know, then we can talk about other stuff. But, you know, start there. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the kind of stuff I try to get in, you know, to, to my show. Because I, I think our listeners are, are pretty smart and they'll, and they'll react to that kind of thing. And these doable things reward us when we do, we feel good when we do them. And it's not hard to do. And it kind of self-perpetuates into trying more ambitious actions. Like I work right here in Harvard Square, and I'm always ducking over to Dunkin' Donuts for a cup of coffee. And um, so I picked up, you know, a reusable Dunkin' Donuts cup for the coffee. Right. And um, sometimes I'll have my son run over and get coffee. And, you know, they know my coffee cup at Dunkin' Donuts. They'll say, well, where's <laughs> right. the guy that wants the cup, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and so that kind of personal interchange, you know, adds a richness to our life that, you know, you miss out on if you're just, you know, nose to the grindstone and running around, you know, maximum efficiency and least interaction with people and stuff. Right. Yeah, one of my things, too, uh, again, it's a, it's a coffee-related thing. If you get the, like, an iced coffee in the summer, Sometimes, you know, a lot of the drive-thrus, they feel like they have to put the iced coffee cup into a styrofoam cup. <laughs> like, oh, I'm my like, gosh. Well, yeah. You know, and I'm always like, I mean, I don't get coffee out like that a lot anymore, but I would always take the styrofoam. You know, I'd say, I don't need that styrofoam right. cup. Like, you know, and then conversely, in the wintertime, then it's the other way. It's like, well, here's your coffee, but we're going to put it in another cup so you don't, you know, so it's not too hot for your hand. and. I'm like, you know, now you're giving me two cups for one cup of coffee. Like, it really just makes no sense if you just think about it. No. No, but there are challenges to drinking coffee, and, and a lot to be said for getting a reusable cup, even though... Oh, yeah. No, that's good, because well. then, then you get your coffee still, and uh, but you're, 
you know, doing it uh, in, in a better way. So that's great. The Ocean River Institute was helping to save threatened lands and waters off of British Virgin Islands. And so I was down there, uh, and all the, you know, all their coffee, hot drinks, and cold drinks are served in styrofoam because it's the least expensive. Right. And the sad thing is that then they burn it all, and you can actually smell the plastic when you're downwind of the incinerator plant and stuff. Right, yeah. And um, it's just like, you know, there's no way that these guys could change to, because it's, it's such, you know, it's seasonal you know, people coming through and stuff. Uh, so rather than just swearing at them for not getting, you know, paper cups or something, um, it's, you know, you have to kind of adapt to the culture. And, and there's a case where, you know, you, you need to think about picking up a reusable cup or something. Right. Um, you know, and people, and this is what's so good about your show, is that people are understanding that these little st- steps do matter. And, yeah, you know, it seems silly to buy a cup and only use it for five days and then have to plug it home or something. But... Um, it is it is getting a message out. You know the uh, the people pouring the coffee will be impressed that that you consider that the air they're breathing enough to to do that. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, it's um, it's you know like we say it's 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 small steps and and getting people just to realize that that they they do have the power to start making change and if it's just change in their own life, well, <laughs> that's great. That's, yeah, that, that that's the place to start. Start with you. Don't worry about the neighbor. Don't worry about the coworker. Um, you know, don't even worry about wife or husband or or kids at first. Just kind of get your own ball rolling, and then as you get things going, you know, I, I think that's when people see you and see what you're doing. That's right. And then become interested. If you and model that, behaviors and you show it works. Yeah. Yep. And that's a lot easier than just saying, "Hey, you know what you should do." Because, you know, that's not the best yeah. way to to approach it with people. So. Right on. Um, Mike, we're going to take a short break uh, right. and come right back after some uh, commercials and things. Sounds good. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Connecting local stewardship with global support, the Ocean River Institute is a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping people and groups make a difference where they live and work. We believe that many environmental issues can best be addressed by people taking action in their own communities and regions. It's not the large national entities, but the small, localized, or newly formed groups that often need help to achieve their goals. That's where the Ocean River Institute comes in. We maintain a network of eco-stewards and ORI partners, connecting them with resources and services to help them maximize their impact, expand their capacity, and weather unexpected setbacks. ORI actions and events offer opportunities to make a difference, to go the distance, and you can volunteer to be an ORI eco-steward. To discover more, visit us online at www.oceanriver.org. That's www.oceanriver.org. The Ocean River Institute is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to helping people and groups make a difference where they live and work through environmental stewardship and science. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. 
If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Moyer's Environmental Dialogues. To participate in today's discussion, you're welcome to call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You can also send an email to rob at oceanriver.org. Now, back to Dr. Rob Moyer. Hi, I'm talking about sustainable thinking with Mike Joshua, who is um, the man for FNX Radio. Um, Mike, um, how can people tune in to you? Uh, well, Rob, um, WFNX.com is our station in Boston. Uh, WFNX is one of the country's first alternative rock stations, and uh, I worked for the station uh, in the 90s until 2000. Took a little bit of a break, and uh, and I am back now. Um, mornings from 9 a.m. to noon. That's Eastern Time, and again, it's WFNX.com. And it's only on the Internet, but it's great because you can take it with you and do it on your cell phone. Uh, correct, yeah. We were a um, terrestrial radio station for about 29 years, and then the uh, station was sold, and that's one of the reasons, actually, that I came back uh, to FNX is I'm part of the team that's um, put in charge of, of bringing the WFNX.com portion uh, back and, and making FNX live and breathe uh, on the .com. And like you said, it's great because now we can reach, uh, we can reach everywhere instead of, just, uh, instead of just Boston. So it's been going great. Well, Boston leads the way again, you know. The hub. We are the hub. The hub, right. The Athens <laughs> of America. Um, <laughs> So we were talking about, you know, the importance, or you were telling me about the importance of plastics and how we have to be more aware of not polluting with plastics. And uh, it also gets back to um, the use of water. And, and um, so clean water is a big issue. Uh, it seems like an absolute huge issue, like uh, even more so. I mean, people talk about, you know, gas and all these things, but it would seem um, that water is the most precious resource that uh, – that people are going to end up, I think, fighting over unless we, um, you know, take care of what we have. Um, When I first started greening up uh, my life and I was looking to get involved, I took a volunteer job with Greenscapes um, here in Massachusetts, which is part of the the Mass Bay uh, Estuary Association. And um, one of my jobs was to... uh, to help greenscapes.org just literally get out some information to, to neighborhoods that were using a lot of water, kind of, you know, the, the water hogs in, in the neighborhood that were just using, you know, way too much water for their, um, you know, per capita as opposed to, you know, their neighbors and such. And and that's really when, you know, just by, you know, talking to people about water use and, and, and giving out some of the information that I, you know, really, really jumped into it, whether it was... Uh, you know, literal, you know, water use and, you know, not wasting it at home by, uh, you know, um, being in the shower too long, uh, running the water when you're brushing your teeth. But, you know, things from how you mow your lawn to pesticide alternatives and, um, you know, planting better, um, you know, getting a garden, having, you know, more, 
more garden, less lawn, all those kind of things. And uh, it just it, it seems so important and it seems to, uh, to make so much sense. But I, I realized as well that uh, a lot of people didn't know about it. So uh, that's, that's what kind of got me uh, into it originally was working with Greenscapes. Yeah, it's so important, especially around here in, in greater Boston where we have 69 communities paying for the cleanup of Boston Harbor and their water rates, you know, to learn from you ways to get more for, with less water. Right. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, one of my things is, you know, bottled water. People tend to, you know, just spend so much money. You know, for one, people are always looking to save money. But, you know, I always say, well, gee, I already have, you know, I already pay a water bill. I have water that comes into my home. I'm already paying for water. So how do I just go about, you know, filtering the water I have and then drinking that as opposed to feeling like I have to run out to the to the market and buy the, you know, easy bottled water um, that, again, you know, creates all that plastic. And then, unfortunately, you know, as you know, all that plastic ends up one way or another uh, in the ocean. So uh, so for me, it became, you know, just something as as simple as let's let's find out a way to you know filter uh our own water at home and uh and and start from there to make a difference i am am on the i'm chair of the advisory council committee council for the boston harbor island national park area and we had our annual meeting last night at hale the former hale and door at 60 state street in boston and oh, nice. now called wilmer hale or something but Hale and Dorr were the bad guys in the civil action suit with um, John Travolta and stuff. So I feel okay. like going into the lion's den when I go up on right. the 25th floor of this building. Right. And the good news is that, yes, they had – the bad news is they had bottled, you know, little plastic bottles of water next to it up there. But they also had glass bottles with tap water. And so that's a huge step for these corporation meetings to right. Right. get the, the tap water out there and – and, uh, you know, I guess they have to offer a choice because people need that. But, um, but yeah, so everybody at the Boston Harbor Advisory Council, we're all, you know, big MWRA water drinkers fans and stuff. So we, uh, right. we're all gravitating. So, you know, little things like that make a big difference. And I'll say to people, too, you know, never say never if, you know, it, it's not like I don't have the occasional bottled water. If, you know, if, if I'm at someone's home and they offered me, a you know, a bottled water, I don't, you know, Right. Decide that that's my time that I'm going to, you know, make a point of, <laughs> you know, you shouldn't have bottled water. It's like, no, I, I accept the bottled water and I, you know, and I say thank you and, you know, and I move on. It's, you know, because I, I also feel like I, I do so much at home that, you know, if I have the occasional bottled water, if I'm out somewhere or something like this, you know, then that's just the way it goes. But, uh, you know, never, never say never, um, you know, just, uh, you know, cutting back. If everybody just cut back a little bit and then cut back a lot of it after that, you know, that would, that would help us so much. So, uh, that's, that's what it's all about is, is cutting back. And if the big, you know, corporations like that are starting to cut back that that's, that's a sign. And it means something. Well, the key is, is sustainable thinking in there because sometimes there's a reason why, you know, people are grabbing the, the water bottle, the bottles of water and not gravitating for the tap water. Um, and probably it's that they don't want to see a big picture of, of water, and so these uh, hail and door people had the water in tall, narrow bottles with those metal hoop, you know, stoppers on the top and stuff. So you felt right. like you were drinking bottled water. You weren't just 
lining up for the the water bubbler, you know. <laughs> right, right, and, right. And, but you know that's sustainable thinking. You got to figure out the culture. You know, people are now tuned to water tastes better in bottles, and if the bottle looks like a um, a wine bottle, they'll drink more water out of it. And right. in fact, I have found that the way that I get to drink more water is I like to drink beer in a beer glass. And so after my first beer, if I pour fill it up with water, I drink it. I think my body, I mean, my hand thinks I'm taking beer down. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's good. And I drink more water, you know. And then even if I skip the beer, I just have the water, you know. Then, right. um, and my mom has this problem where she only wants to drink beer. And she needs to drink some water. And and uh, so I said, Mom, you've got to put the, the you know the water into that glass that you're going to put the beer into. She likes it out of a wine glass, you know. And Every- <laughs> it's it's like you know, drink that first, and then you can have your beer. And of course. She's 85, and so she, yeah, it, yeah. it was funny. Was she took a swig of the water in the wine glass and said, "Oh, this is a small glass," and she went and topped off the water glass again. <laughs> you know, she's she's, she's 85. After all that, she's 85, having a couple beers. You know, power to her, right? Yeah. Well, it, it was getting to every meal was a beer, and so it's like <laughs> that's a little much now. We, and she wasn't getting, you know, the idea of drinking six or eight glasses of water a day were just beyond right. her comprehension. The doctor's saying you need to do that. Right. No, and, yeah, that, um, that seems like um, that seems like a almost like a generational thing, maybe because I hear you yeah. saying that, and I think the same thing that my mom says the same thing. Like, how can I drink? You know, eight glasses of water a day, and I think, well, gee, during my radio show, I probably drink four mugs of water in in three hours again i'm you know i'm I'm talking on the microphone and, and all that stuff too but uh it seems like a generational thing like they no no it's a uh, used thing it's that if you're used to drinking wine and beer the concept right. of six or eight bottles knocks you out you know right but um so just like you know mom if mom had stopped drinking beer out of that glass she would just sip it until the glass was empty right but when you take a slug of water it's good, and you want to take another slug, and, you know, so it, it goes down easier, and people don't realize that, you know, because it's quenching your thirst or something. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so, but, the, but the trick is is to, you know, don't give someone a water bottle and say, drink water, when they're used to drinking something in a glass. You put the water in the glass, and then it's culturally appropriate for them right. to consume the, the product. And, um, right. You know, and so I also got her to switch from... Uh, she loves bacon, and so I managed to get her to buy turkey bacon for a change. And <laughs> she's a good sport, you know. See, right? It's just uh, it's just changing up the uh, the way you go about it, the way you think about it. It's, right? Uh, you know, instead it of can be to applied tofu on her or something, it's like okay, she loves bacon. It's got to look and taste like bacon, but it can be turkey bacon and stuff. Right. Instead right. of yeah, just like um, uh, yeah, just like tap water, you can. Uh, can bring the tap water out. Actually, I had a I had a friend over just uh, this last weekend, and um, you know, I just you know just kind of hanging out. I'm like, gee, I don't you know, it's the middle of the day. I'm not gonna you know just bring out the beers, but uh, you know, you want some water? Yeah, I'll have some water. And I said, oh, I got a new uh, you know filtering um, you know uh, device, and just yeah. you know poured, poured him a glass. And then you know we were just talking and weren't thinking about it. And but he really he drank it, and he was like, he's like, that's really good. I mean, he, you know, he noticed the, you know, the water, and he probably, you know, drinks, uh, you know, bottled water at work. So I was like, yeah, see, it's, you know, and then I explained a little bit about, you know, what I use and blah, blah, blah. You know, I wasn't, you know, beating, yeah. him, beating him over the head with it, but just kind of like, hey, if you think that's good, here's what I use. And, you know, maybe yeah. not, maybe, you know, the next day he didn't run out. Maybe, 
you know, again, you know, a couple weeks he's not going to run out, but, you know, it's one of those things. Maybe within the year, as he thinks about it, you know, he might call me and say, hey, what's that uh, system you use again? And then, you know, just uh, little little things add, uh, add up to bigger ones. Yeah. And, it's again, it's modeling the behaviors that you want people to follow. And then they go, oh, yeah, I like that. I want to go do it. And that's the more apt to, like you said, follow up on that kind of stuff. Right, exactly. So that brings us to community-supported agriculture. Uh, CSAs are sprouting everywhere, and aren't they a wonderful amenity? CSAs uh, are great, and, uh, yeah, it's nice that people, so many people say, you know, CSA, CSA. And and, uh, just a couple, few years ago, if you said CSA, you really had to kind of uh, explain it. But, uh, but yeah, community-supported agriculture um, helps your local farm. Uh, we have a local organic farm here right down the street I could ride my bike to that uh, they just started a CSA uh, over the last couple years and they're they're doing really great with it and I think it's uh, you know it's a way for people to uh, pay in ahead of time like right about now is a good time for people to start finding their CSAs for the for the summer um, the opportunity to explain to... that to most of us so uh, uh, so a CSA community supported agriculture is basically a farm um, uh, hopefully close to you in your neighborhood that uh, you go to them and you pay up front uh, like a share. You're buying like uh, almost like a stock. You're buying into the farm for the season. Uh, you give them money up front. It could be $300, $600, kind of depends on the farm and where it is. How long the um, season is? Uh, yeah, the season usually runs uh, June through end of October, basically the growing season. And once you pay in, uh, like in the spring, you're in for a share. And then once they start um, collecting their harvest every week, you show up at a, you know, whether it's a Monday or a Sunday, again, depends on the on the farm. They tell you when to show up, and they give you a bushel of fresh farm uh, products, um, you know, primarily vegetables. Uh, some places do, you know, fruits and melons as well, some some people have fresh cut flowers, uh, honey, you know, um, there's, you know, different things again, depending on the farm. But, uh, so basically you become a shareholder and then you show up once a week all through the season and pick up your bounty. And, uh, kids love it, especially when it's in a barn or something, you know, you go in there and some places, you know, they, they have a chalkboard and they said you can have, you know, two of these and a pile of yep. those and that kind yeah. of stuff. And, it's it's really great, and then and then the farm knows ahead of time. You know they they've got a little capital to work with uh, before yeah. they before they plant, so it's a little guarantee for the farm. And then you know as well uh, as the you know as the shareholder that you're going to get some great stuff. And then obviously there's there's a little risk as well that if you know if it isn't the best growing season, you know you might not get as many tomatoes as you get something else. But if they have a bumper crop. You know, you're going to have more food than you can eat, and you're going to be, you know, sharing with neighbors and family, and uh, it's really, really a great thing. Yeah, and most CSAs are tied into food kitchens and places to take the leftover food. So uh, absolutely. You know, they and, become and, a part of the community like that as well. Yep, and again, uh, now, is, now is the time to check out CSAs uh, in your neighborhood, wherever you are, because uh, it's, it's the time to sign up. And then we have, um, you know, Farm stand. I don't know. They're not called CSA, but you know the farmers set up on the street corners here. Uh, like farmers markets. Kind farmers of, market. Kind of that's thing. what it is. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, those... and that's just one step removed in that you don't advance pay, but instead you support your local farms by just stepping up and buying stuff. From them. 
Yep, exactly, and that stuff tends to be uh, much fresher. Not necessarily organic. Um, that's another thing, just because you're getting it from the farm doesn't mean that the farm that you've stopped at or the stand that you're at doesn't spray, so you also, you know, you always want to ask about those yeah. kind of things. But uh, but certainly buying local is, is so important and, and so much fresher and, and a great sustainable thing to uh, to start, a great practice to start to buy local food. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, most of the... Uh farmer's market, there'll be a, a fishmonger who brings in seafood or something, um, you know, because it's on ice and stuff. So it's a yeah, little more diversity a, than the CSA. Uh, yep, you, you get a little... Yep, you get a little bit of a little bit of everything, and farmers markets have uh, have exploded literally like the last three years. They just keep growing and growing, and that's that's great. That means it's uh, it means the people want it, and it means the people are supporting it. Um, so that's that's another great thing to see happening. Yeah, we have three or four different ones in Cambridge now. You know, so they're in different locations, but uh, I'm not sure if it's all the same. No, it's different. I mean, some farmers go twice and so forth, but um, it's just the demand is so great that they. Um, and it's, it's so uh, wonderful to see people doing that. And it's a real social thing. It's a real community thing. I mean, usually if you're at the local market, at the local supermarket, you're not always just, you know, talking to the people around you or, you know, the guy right. behind, you know, the butcher or whoever. But uh, at at these markets, you really do, you know, and, and uh, talk to people, not just, um, you know, the people that are, uh, selling to you the merchants but you're talking to the other people that are there you know hey where did you get that hey was that good uh you know trading recipes uh, talking about your own gardens it's it's really a community thing and and that's so important yeah because you're all rooting for the produce is coming out it's like well we got this you know yeah right, <laughs> right. so you're gonna be you're gonna be here next week you know? <laughs> yeah um and so tell us uh, let's see what, what's our time here Let's take a short break, and we'll be right back with uh, Mike after a break. Excellent. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Connecting local stewardship with global support, the Ocean River Institute is a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping people and groups make a difference where they live and work. We believe that many environmental issues can best be addressed by people taking action in their own communities and regions. It's not the large national entities, but the small, localized, or newly formed groups that often need help to achieve their goals. That's where the Ocean River Institute comes in. We maintain a network of eco-stewards and ORI partners, connecting them with resources and services to help them maximize their impact, expand their capacity, and weather unexpected setbacks. ORI actions and events offer opportunities to make a difference, to go the distance, and you can volunteer to be an ORI eco-steward. To discover more, visit us online at www.oceanriver.org. That's www.oceanriver.org. The Ocean River Institute is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to helping people and groups make a difference where they live and work through environmental stewardship and science. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. 
You're listening to Moyer's Environmental Dialogues. To participate in today's discussion, you're welcome to call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You can also send an email to rob at oceanriver.org. Now, back to Dr. Rob Moyer. Hi, we're talking today about sustainable thinking with Mike Joshua. And, Mike, uh, not only do you host uh, a radio program on weekday mornings on WFNX.com, you're also a writer. And and what kinds of writing projects are you engaged in these days? Um, Besides uh, blogging that we had talked about, I also write for Edible South Shore uh, Magazine, which is a fantastic uh, local food magazine here on the South Shore of Massachusetts, and people can go to ediblesouthshore.com to check that out. And uh, a a funny uh, thing about how I got involved with them, uh, I was talking about uh, Greenscapes earlier and some of my outreach that I was doing originally, and one of the uh, places that I ended up at was a a, uh, farm stand um, happening in uh, Kingston, Massachusetts. And so I just had a little table, and I was, you know, handing my, you know, stuff out about how to be more sustainable and save water and, and think about water consumption. And right next to me, this booth set up, and it was the Edible South Shore people, and they were just starting their magazine, like literally, you know, it's coming off the presses very soon. So I started talking to them, um, Michael Hart and Laurie Hepworth, and, uh, you know, I, I as a writer, I saw an opportunity and just said, are you looking for any writers? And, and they said, oh, absolutely. Um, so, so right there, uh, it's one of those things that I, you know, I went to volunteer for Greenscapes to do you know, what I saw as, as the right thing or the good thing, and I ended up getting a little work out of it <laughs> as well. So you never know where, you know, where this journey is going to take you, and, uh, and Edible South Shore uh, has been great, um, again, just giving me uh, a place to write about how I'm, you know, trying to green up uh, my family, and uh, and and absolutely, food is a big part of that. Eating better, eating right, uh, cutting out a lot of the crap. And uh, it's a wonderful web page. Um, did you write about the cranberry culture? Um, I did not. That uh, that that sounds like Halifax to me. Aren't you in cranberry it, lands? It's definitely uh, cranberry territory down here. Uh, <laughs> down here and. Uh, yeah, there's there's bogs all over the place, and and sometimes now I kind of take it for granted because I've seen them, I see them every day. But people will come and visit and just you know be like, what is that? Yeah. Like, oh oh, the bogs, right? Of course, cranberry bogs. And then in the fall, it's bright red or it's cranberry red, I guess. Yeah, it's uh, it's cranberry red. It's uh, it's it's beautiful. You know when uh, you know when when harvest time is coming. But uh, yeah, Edible South Shore has been a great uh, a great magazine to pick up, and uh, I've happy to happy to be involved in it and and again cuz once uh you know once you get involved with something like that uh you just you just meet more people who are doing the same things that you're doing or that are interested in the same things that are that you're doing and you see them at the farmers market and you see them at the sustainable fair and and uh you you realize there's a real community of uh of people you know like like yourself who are uh you know out there yeah. out there and and really doing it and it uh and it makes you feel good well, people want to know about food, and and um, you know, and so you make that accessible by, you know, telling interesting stories and putting it together in the right way. Accessibility. Yeah. And I always say you 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 have to eat uh, probably three times a day. I mean, sometimes you're gonna 
eat, you know, maybe twice a day if you're in college or something. But, but you know, you have to eat three times a day, so you might as well, you know, take notice of what you're, you know, putting in your body. And even though when I was a kid, you know, you are what you eat, and I didn't, I didn't really listen then either. But, but you know, now you're kind of like, you know, it really makes sense, and you you spend so much time with food, around food, preparing food, eating food. You know, it's it's an obvious. Uh, point uh in your life to say hey what what can i do right here in the kitchen um to eat shop more sustainably and there's just you know so many things and again it's little little steps lead to bigger ones well we're so barraded by you know processed foods in the media and um and fast foods are fast because they're pre-processed and all that and it's just these um these foods that you're talking about, they just taste fresh foods. They taste good, you know. Freshness is kind of a discovery for a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it truly is, you know, fresh, you know, veggies and fruits. I mean, these, you know, they can be, you know, sweet and succulent. And, you know, you don't have to just rush to dessert, you know, to get that, uh, you know, <laughs> that, that sweetness, even though I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not saying don't have dessert. I love dessert. But, uh but yeah, there's just so many things, uh, you know, and, and you know the colors and the flavors and the textures, and you know, it's uh, it's and especially if you're not into it, it's like that whole, you know, uh, just just a whole undiscovered country uh, that you get to play with uh, three times a day. So instead of just rushing through it, you know, let's just quickly move through the meal, through the drive-through, and get on to the next place. You know, slow it down a little bit. Uh, in, enjoy the food. It's it's there, man, and it's it, it's great. Yeah, one reason why we rush through the fast foods is because it's not worth enjoying. It's so flat and stuff. And right. what you're talking about is just so fragrant and so, you know, tasteful. And the whole kind of process of smelling it before you bite into it and then being rewarded by, you know, all up and down the line and stuff. It's just such important work you're doing. And uh, and everybody's busy, so it's, you know, maybe every night, you, you know, you don't have that time to have family dinner. You know, we... We try here with our family to, you know, sit down, you know, at least three or four times a week, you know, as a yeah. family, as the ritual, um, you know. But obviously, you know, people are busy, and you know, you can't, you don't always have time. But the thing is to to make time. You know, again, don't don't feel like you have to do it. You know, every day, every meal, but don't just you know blow it off and say, oh, I can never do it either. Find that, you know, um, find that time in between, whether it's one night or on the weekend or just that special time. You know, start there, you know, yeah. cook, cook together with the family, try to get as much local food as you can, go down to the farmer's market, meet your local farmer. I mean, I always, uh, you know, I joke when I go down with my kids now, I go to a, a Billingsgate Farm, which is in Plimpton, Mass., down here on the South Shore. I become, you know, friends with them. I'm a, I'm a regular, and there's so many times where I've been there that uh, Farmer Pete, who runs the place, and he's... He's busy enough, but he'll be like, "Hey, the kids want to take a ride on the tractor." Yeah. Like, you know, it's it's that kind of, you know, it's that kind of community. Like, you know, and you know, the kids will look at me. I'll be like, "Yeah, go ahead, get up on the tractor," and they'll be out there, you know, going through the fields. And so it's not just, you know, rushing through a meal. It's it's become a community, and it it helps the farmer, and it and it certainly helps us. Well, this has been a fascinating conversation to get a chance to talk to the man behind the voice on WFNX. And, and discover that you not only speak well about sustainability during your broadcast, but this is what you eat and drink and walk and talk and all that. <laughs> um, how, how is the radio show going? 
Uh, radio show is uh, is going well. Like uh, like I said, WFNX is one of those uh, heritage alternative rock stations, uh, one of the first uh, in the country. And uh, you know, I mean, we're we're a rock and roll music station first and foremost. Uh, always have been, but we're also owned by uh, the Phoenix uh, newspaper, which has just turned into the Phoenix magazine. That's where the F and X comes from, Phoenix. Oh. And, uh, so that's the arts and entertainment uh, newspaper that has always uh, been very uh, political as well. So, so the Phoenix and F and X have always, um, you know, worked for the good cause and you know always had charitable uh, things going on and always wrote about, um, you know, doing well for the planet. And so F and X always had that uh, cachet as well. Besides the rock and roll, we always had. You know, thought of ourselves as as the station that would you know try to get you to go out and vote and you know think more politically and that kind of thing. And now that uh, the station was sold um, in the summer, uh, but I was brought in as part of the team to keep the WFNX brand alive as WFNX.com, and uh, and we're doing it. It's um, it's, that's it's a great, great. It's a great yeah, thing to be a part of. The Boston Phoenix was my way into um, your radio station, and you know that's. That's the, the the paper that you know goes in depth on the political stories and is free for the people who are off Greater Boston, and we were fortunate to. Uh, so that's where we turned to place ads about you know six green bills for Beacon Hill and how can we get right. these these bills through and stuff and and they, they gave us great coverage, and then they have a um, a best uh, a contest for the best ads of the year. All kinds of categories. Oh, nice! And uh, the issue is coming out, I think, on Friday, which is like like the best of the best, you know. And, and uh, so we are um, going to be featured in there as best environmental cause, and there'll be this image oh, of a vibrant Boston Harbor with people looking over the railing into the water at the tall ships and the treatment facility plant way in the distance, and ferry boats ferrying people around and stuff. And, and uh, right across the top is best environmental cause, you know. Excellent. Which means well, best ad of environmental, environmental cause, but uh, well, congratulations, it, it, that's great. Yeah, yeah, working, uh, you know, for the radio station. You know, again, it's a, it's a rock station. I'm, I'm primarily, uh, you know, a rock and roll DJ. You know, doing my show, but uh, being able to, you know, bring my sustainable thinking in, um, you know, it means so much to me. And 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 I do have a platform, and I do have a microphone, so I want to take advantage of that. Again, not beat people over the head with it, but just be like, hey, consider this. You know, if you like, it's great. You like the station, you like the music, you like me. Well, here's something else. And uh, you know, I always say, if I can just get a couple people to uh, to react to it, I'll I'll take it. I'll start there, and uh, you know, we'll we'll go from there. And again, it's uh, Monday through Friday. I am on from 9 a.m. to noon, and it's wfnx.com. And tomorrow, Friday is uh, Flashback Friday, sponsored by. Uh, Sponsored by you. <laughs> the Ocean River Institute. <laughs> That's great. Oceanriver.org. Come on down and see our, our website, oceanriver.org, and you can subscribe to free e-alerts and uh, learn about all the different causes and the different accomplishments that are happening every day for the environment. It's, it's really, there are a lot of problems, but there are a lot of people who are, as Mike says, thinking sustainably and coming up with responsible stewardship actions. Um, it's it's uh, it's an exciting time to be involved in this, don't you think? Yeah, I I, I think so. And 
like I said, it's uh, it's there's there's some big challenges out there, you know, really big challenges. But uh, you know, we like to you know pride ourselves as 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 people who rise to the challenge, and this is a huge challenge. And people need us; they need everybody. The 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 planet needs us. It's not just you know the country or the nation; it's everybody. We're all in the same you know marble. <laughs> yeah. We're all, we're all downstream, so. Uh, you know, but thank every, you for breaking it into manageable incremental steps. I mean, uh, it's overwhelming if you just listen to you know the sound bites they're trying to get your attention in the media. Uh, instead, you know, tune into Mike's program, WFNX.com, and uh, in the mornings on weekdays, and uh, get some because your sustainability spots are only what two three minutes. Uh, yeah, exactly, and they do run um, throughout the day as well. Even when I'm not there, so the so the spots do run on the other shows. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've noticed my it, show. and I've uh, I've noticed it as well. Just you know, just from people in house saying, "Oh, hey, I heard about the, you know, the coffee or the water." So you know, even even in house, you can you know get people to you know bend their ear to it, and and that's great. And I I appreciate uh, Ocean River Institute uh, sponsoring because it really. Um, uh, validates, you know, what, what I'm doing as well, and I'm like, this is exactly the kind of people that, that uh, you know, I should be involved with. And then, you know, I'm, then, then I come on your show, and I'm like, this, this, this is how things happen. This is how people get together and and make change. So I, I appreciate it, Rob. Well, um, I do too. You know, I appreciate you taking the time to um, talk with us, and I want to thank you, um, Mike. Uh, thank you so much and uh, now you have to come on my show in a little bit as well oh that'd be fun i look we'll, forward to that we'll spit it around you can you can come and dj we'll, we'll see how you do djing <laughs> uh-oh <laughs> next week uh we're going to um play a replay of my conversation with ed humes and ed has written the book force of nature the unlikely story of walmart's green revolution and he's going to tell us how walmart has transformed itself into each division of the company trying to find green ways to, um, you know, to lessen the carbon footprints of the products and to be more green from cradle to grave of all the different kinds of products they sell there. So it's a remarkable story of uh, one person kind of convincing the giant Walmart to, um, by going green, they can make money. So they're just, you know, beside themselves to make more money and right. uh, they're able to do it. But, um, it's a good kind of follow-up to the sustainable thinking that Mike's introduced us to. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Rob, very much. And thank you all for listening to uh, Moyer's Environmental Dialogues. Remember, going forward, to please reuse, recycle, um, don't pollute, and turn the thingy off when you're not using it. Thanks for listening. Thanks again for joining us this week on Moyer's Environmental Dialogues. Please tune in for more with Dr. Rob Moyer next Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll talk again then.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Family caregivers.